This is BPN Radio, your 24-hour Internet prayer station with Dale Gentry and friends. Calling America to pray. A member of the Breakout Prayer Network. Let's pray, America. It's time now for the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves here on BPN Radio. Second Chronicles 23.6 says, And all the people shall keep the watch of the Lord. Now, here's your host for the Warriors Watch, my friend, Callie Hargraves. This is Pastor Callie Hargraves with Warrior Watch. We're so happy to have you here today and hope that you're having a blessed day. I've got Miss Pastor Frida White with us, uh, amazing apostle, a, an amazing woman of God. She's written a book called a, a Woman God Can Use, and we've been talking about uh, the different women through the Bible and then women in history that Frida felt led by the Holy Ghost to just pair up with these women in the Bible. And it has been such a wonderful treat for me. And uh, Frida, I'm so excited. Now, we can find your book on Amazon, Kindle. That's right. It's um, the easiest way is when you go on Amazon and okay. you click on books, put Frida C. White. Okay. C stands for my maiden name, Carter. Okay. So Frida C. White. And uh, if you just click on my name, it'll bring up the books. And so the newest one, uh, which is a, a woman guide can use, is available in paperback and what they call the ebook or the Kindle version. Okay. Uh, Frida C. White. Make sure you're speaking into that, too. Let's move that. I want to make sure we, we hear her real good because... What Miss Frida has to say is so powerful. This book is going to change a lot of women's life. God is using women more today. I believe this is the day of the woman. Yes. In the body of Christ. Yes. And not the woman that we saw in Washington a few months ago. Not that kind of a woman. No, ma'am. But a woman that is called to birth and to establish God's kingdom. A real free woman. That's right. And I believe that's what God's original design was. Yes. For us to rise up in the whatever purpose he has for us in our lives. Because he will use anyone that's submitted to him and willing to hear his voice and obey him. And the smallest things are the largest. And so it's the little acts of faithfulness yes. that start our walk with God. Yes. And as we spend time in his word and we begin to know him, then he begins to show himself strong on our behalf. Well, I tell you, I can't even tell you how much I've enjoyed uh, these last few few uh, programs. So we're going to start today, uh, Miss Frida, and just uh, let's go to the next woman that you want to talk about All right. and, and just educate us. I, there's not a better Bible teacher in the whole world than Frida White. So I'm well, excited you're very about kind. today. You're very kind. I, I love the Old Testament. And, you know, just as a little side note, when I was a child, I received Edgemeyer's Bible storybook when I was probably five or six years old. Wow. And my mom told me that I read it as soon as I could read. I read it until the pages fell out. Wow. And so uh, years later, years, many years later, um, our thrift shop, because we have a, I have a, a large um, humanitarian work in Cleveland that includes a thrift shop. Well, one of the original Edgemeyer's Bible storybooks came through. Wow. And I went, oh, what a treasure. And so I'm sitting here looking at all the pictures and all the stories and thanking God for the heritage that I have yes. of loving the Bible. Well, the first woman I'd like to talk with about today is called the Wise Woman of Abel. Wow. And it's found in Second Samuel 20, verse 16. Now, this woman, we don't know what her name was. But if I could be called the wise woman of, of Cleveland, <laughs> yeah. and Pastor Callie, if you're known as the wise, the wise woman of Baytown, that's a good title. That, that is, I don't even need to have Pastor Frida. Just say this wise woman of Cleveland. Yes. And that's what she was known for. And it's because she had the courage to confront Joab. Wow. Now, Joab was one of David's um, generals, if you will, but he was ruthless. And um, somehow she tapped into the spirit of the living God and she was able to confront this man. She was not intimidated by him. Wow. And she had such respect 
among those who knew her in her town that they were willing to listen to her words. And what happened was this. Uh, Joab came to her town and he began to batter the walls to destroy the city to get one evil man. And so whenever this happened, this is what her words were. She said, listen, listen, tell Joab to come here so I can speak to him. And then when he shows up, she said, are you Joab? (laughs) Now, I cannot even imagine because in this day and age, in this culture, you did not even speak to a man, much less question question their authority, question what they're doing in that situation. And he said, I am. And her words were, listen to what your servant has to say. I'm listening, he said. We are peaceable and we're faithful in Israel. And why are you going trying to destroy a city that is a, has a mother in Israel. Why would you swallow up the Lord's inheritance? And that's the NIV version. But this is the point for me. She took personal responsibility for the peace and safety in her town. Wow. And I believe it's more than the physical. In prayer, we begin to intercede and we begin to stand in the gap for people that we know in our town that desperately need God. Yes. And so we have an inheritance in Christ. But if they if they are being destroyed, that will never happen. So here's a man who showed up at her city and was determined to come after this evil man, but she stood him to his face. We have to stand up and say, no, you're not going to cross this line. I'm a faithful woman. I'm a peaceable woman. I'm a wise woman. I understand the plots and devices of the enemy. And so she spoke with courage. And uh, when everybody else would cower in fear in front of him, I I would like to have been a little flea on the wall. Right, right. (laughs) Watching that. Yes, because he absolutely stopped in his tracks and listened to her. And so then she goes to the people in her town and she says, well, the problem is this ruthless man, Sheba, has fled, taken refuge in our city. And that's why we're having all this violence against the city. And so they they said, well, we'll just cut his head off and throw it over the wall and that'll deal with it. So she not only stopped the attack. Because and and then she found the evil and got she found the cancer and got it out of her city. That's exactly right. And she had enough wisdom and understanding to identify the problem and solve the problem. Yeah. And instead of losing a whole city to find one man, she said, "Stop." That's right. We'll find the man for you, and we won't destroy our city. That's right. She had more sense than he did. (laughs) Oh, absolutely, because he's going to go in there, just knock the walls down, search until he finds wicked Sheba, and, and deal with the problem. And, you know, in life, as ladies and women of God, we should be able to, first of all, guard our homes, guard our churches, guard our communities with the unction and the anointing of God that's on the inside of us, that we are not the problem. But we find out what is the problem, and with the help of the Holy Spirit and his insight, we solve the problems. And so when she identified it, the people respected her enough to say, yes, we will deal with him. And I mean, they're still chopping people's heads off in the (laughs) Middle East, Yes, but they sure did at that time, and it was a good thing because it saved an entire city. She said, why would you, Joab? swallow up the whole city yes the inheritance of the lord when i am a peaceful woman i'm a wise woman and so her place in history is known as the wise woman of abel and so as a her influence and her diplomacy marked her wow and the spirit i can't wait to meet her Yes, me too. Because she, her, her place in history is solidified because her emotions did not rule her. Wow. Wow. And ladies, we have to get to the place that our emotions do not rule us. We have to take charge of our spirit. We have to take charge of our soulish realm, our mind, our will, and our emotions and say, 
I, I may have a few tears. I may have some emotions, but they will not rule yeah, me. They're not going to stop me from doing what God's called me to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I believe she tapped into the wisdom and was known as the wise woman of Abel because she meditated on the word. Wow. What little bit of word, the scripture that she knew, she got it established on the inside of her and she did not fear man. No. She feared only God. God. And so um, Joab listened to her and he retreated. And so the next lady that I want to share with you is a woman in history that was known for her wisdom. When I was praying through this, um, the writing of this book, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, show me individuals in history that carry the same anointing that those women of old had. Wow. And so as I began to pray about it, there was one woman that came up and her name was Elizabeth Fry. Now, Elizabeth was born in 1780, a few years ago. Wow. <laughs> and um, she she was in England during the Victorian period. And she really loved life. I mean, she was an experienced horsewoman. She she loved to dance and she loved to to sing, and and she loved her beautiful clothes. And her her father took care of her. As a matter of fact, her father paid for her to be tutored, which was unheard of. Right, in that women day. weren't educated. Yes, just the men. But her father, her mother believed that her girls should be educated along with her sons. So the father paid for her to be tutored. And um, so she loved her, her beautiful clothes. And um, so unfortunately, her, her mom died when she was 12. And so as the oldest daughter, it fell her lot to take care of her younger brothers and sisters. And so she began to teach little kids, invite them into her home. And so her sister, her sister said that they're called Betsy's imps. Now, isn't that a word? Yeah. And um, what she did is she went to the factories where they had child labor and got those children and brought them to her home and began to teach them to read so they could read the Bible. Wow. Now, you stop and think about that. This is a woman that had everything. Privileged. Privileged woman. Um, she had an unfortunate situation and that her mother passed away. But she seized every opportunity to make a difference in someone else's life. Now, her family were Quakers. And so here's this young woman who loved her bright clothes. And it was even recorded in her diary that she wore her purple boots with scarlet laces to worship God. <laughs> now you talk about making a scene when you're in a Quaker <laughs> gathering and they're very plain clothes. Right. They no thought that's, color. that's like considered scandalous. All, oh yes. <laughs> but she was, she was so in love with God and she was oblivious. I think to the way other people saw her. She just, she was, but she, she, was. <laughs> she, she absolutely just loved God and loved life. One day when she was 18, an American Quaker minister came and he regularly visited the prisons in England and asked her to join him. Wow. This was her date with destiny. Wow. So here she is, 18 years old. She has been loving life. She's been diligent to teach little children that were in the, the prisons wow. and the factories wow. how to read. So she's doing her part, but it wasn't the thing that God called her to do. And I think we as women need to be so sensitive. We might can do many things well, but what is the thing God has called us to do? Because whatever he's anointed us to do is what we need to put all of our energy yes, to. Yes, yes. We can get so easily sidetracked. By many, many A lot things. of good things that are not God for us. And they're not the best thing right. that God will anoint. And so as we're studying these women from the Bible, I looked at how wise the wise woman of Abel was. And Elizabeth was very wise because when she went with him to the prison at Newgate, the conditions horrified her. So the next day she gets her sister-in-law to help her and they take old clothes and blankets and food and the, the prisons were awful in the time of Dickens. Yes. They were little cramped cells. 
and they would be accused of a crime and didn't even have a trial. Yeah. And they're put in there, and who knows how long they're going to be there because without the resources to get legal counsel, you could stay there for a long time. So the sanitation conditions were deplorable. The prisoners slept on straw, and they were forced to do their own cooking and their hygiene in the tiny cell. Oh. So... Just think about that for a minute. It wasn't good. Well, Elizabeth decided to take drastic action. And so she decided what better way to figure this out than to spend the night in the prison with them. Wow. Now, I I have not been to prison to stay, thank the Lord. And I don't want to go. I I don't want to go. And I'm going to live right so I don't have to go. (laughs) Me too. I've, I've preached in prisons Many, 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 many times I I visited prisons and jails, but not in the Dickens era. And yet she was willing to do something unheard of. She went to the prison and spent the night with them. Now, empathy is something that is powerful because she fully identified with those women in the prison. Wow. And they knew she identified with them. And so as this happened, she began to have a desire to spread the word to others. And she was the person that instigated prison reform in England. When she was 20 years old, she met another um, Quaker man who was a banker. They married, moved to London, and they had 11 children, five sons, six daughters. But it takes personal discipline and God-given wisdom to look over your affairs as a wife, as a mother. Right. But at the same time, the call of God that was on her life. When she was 31 years old, she began to be a known as a Quaker minister. Wow. So she's preaching the gospel. And taking care of her family. And taking care of her family. She didn't neglect her so spiritually minded that she neglected her home and I look at her and I think, what a woman God could use. She had enough wisdom to properly um, budget out her time, organize her activities so that nothing was neglected. And as she began to be faithful in the smallest things, God gave her influence with people that had positions of authority. Wow. And so she in turn, invited them to come spend the night in the prison. So they could understand. That's the way you do things. Until you've walked in my shoes, you have no idea. Yeah. We have no idea. And so as a result of her influence, she she would preach so powerfully that they would have to uh, give out tickets for admission because it would the place would be filled. With hungry people. They would give tickets out to come hear her preach. Absolutely. Wow. And this is the early 1800s, which is unbelievable. Long before in America, a woman was even starting to Married to a banker husband. Yes. Who was not intimidated by her walk with God, who recognized she was taking care of everything the way she should and gave her the freedom to obey God. And this is the thing I believe we need to strive for is that... We don't want to cause strife and contention in the home. No. You know, in one of our previous broadcasts, we talked about that in the beginning, God's plan was for Adam and Eve to walk together as one. Right. That our words are to be used to rule or take charge of any situation that presents itself. And so here's another example. Wise woman of Abel ruled with her words. She took charge with her words. Right. She didn't say poor, poor, pitiful me. She no. didn't whine about her situation. No. She was active in solving the problem. Elizabeth saw there was a huge problem in her nation of England. And so she began to meet with influential members of the upper class in London. And that was probably through the contacts of her husband being a banker, but also one of her brother-in-laws was a member of parliament. And so she began to infiltrate, if you will, the different sectors, different sectors of society with the gospel because she preaches in the Quaker assembly 
starting at age 31, but then she lives her lifestyle. She's just not so heavenly minded. She's no earthly right. good. And She's spending the night in the prison with them. Yeah. And this wasn't a one-time deal with her. She did it over and over again. And finally, she was so identified with them, she gave up her fine clothes and her expensive jewelry. She so, said, I don't want to be a stumbling block to anyone for the gospel. And so even though she loved it, she said, I love God more. Right. <laughs> and I think there's something about that, that possessions didn't have her. Stuff didn't have her. What had her was a heart for God and the wisdom of Almighty God. And she was willing to lay things, the things down that she enjoyed the most. That's exactly right. If it meant furthering the kingdom of God. Yes, yes. Uh, in 1816, she starts a school in the prison for the children. Because what happened if a mother, for instance, got caught stealing uh, produce at the market to feed her family? Then they would take her off to prison and her children. Oh, Wow. So here's a woman in a cell, tiny cell, sleeping with, on straw with, with her, her family. With her family. And of course, they're not being educated. And so she starts a prison school where they learn how to sew, which was the predominant way of a woman to make a living was by sewing, and to read their Bibles. Wow. It was always going back to So getting, she was giving them a trade yes. and putting the Word of God in them. Yes. And so as the Word gets in them, then they begin to change because she knew their hope could only be found in the Lord Wow! and in his word. And so she was known as the first woman reformer in Britain. And um, as I read that, I, I, it's interesting, the things, for instance, it was written that she arranged for every one of the women prisoners to be given a Bible, as well as useful items such as string, knives, and forks in a care package. Now, we wouldn't think about in today's prison of giving a prisoner a knife and a fork. <laughs> you can't even get on the airplane with a knife and a fork. But she I love you. But she has a little care package for the ladies. Isn't that awesome? Well, to help them with, with preparing meal because right. they're, they're having to fix their own cookie. A skip, you know, in there. And so um, it's estimated for the next 25 years, she visited 106 transport ships and ministered to 12,000 convicts. Now, I love that what I love about this is God not only gave her a heart for the disenfranchised. Yes. He gave her the spiritual solution, yes. which was the Bible. Yes. You know, and teaching them, teaching the them to read, yes. which is very important just in surviving in life. And then she also had enough justice in her and, and common sense to teach them something practical Absolutely. so that when these kids grow up and could get out of the prisons, they could make a living. Absolutely. Absolutely. So she solves a problem. <laughs> In Great Britain, just like the wise woman of Abel solved a problem wow. in ancient Israel. And so God used Elizabeth to change the entire mindset of Victorian England. Now, her brother-in-law, as a member of parliament, asked her to come and share about her prison work with his colleagues. And in 1818, she was summoned to testify testify before the House of Commons about the prison system conditions. Wow. And these men had no clue. So not only did she pr provide a solution in the intimate, you know, yes. immediate, as much as she could do physically. That's right. Now she's going before the high courts of the land yes. to really make a sweeping country change. Like, like if you and I were summoned to speak before the United States Congress. Wow. Wow. And they all gathered, and we're standing there. All right, this is what we have going on in our nation. We have a problem, and I have a solution. And they listened One to her. One woman. One woman that One. God could use. Yes. See, this is when men say a woman is to be silent, and you can't do anything, I beg to differ. Because will he do more in our day than he did in ancient Israel? No. <laughs> Yes. He's the same. He's, He's the, the same, same yesterday, God. today, and forever. He's just looking for someone who is willing. Yeah, and the enemy now, especially in America, yes. even across the world, where women have gotten rights, 
and w- which thank God we have rights. Yes. We have rights to vote. We have yes. rights to work. We have, yes. we, we, we're being paid like we should be paid things. Are, but we must not let that be perverted. That's right. The, the women of God in America and across the world should stand up and use these rights to fur. If they did it with no rights, what can we do with rights? That's my whole point is that we live under a, a better covenant. First of all, we have rights with God. Sure. And once we understand that he's for us, he's not against us. Yes, yes. He doesn't intend for us to sit in the back corner somewhere when he has put a rich deposit on the inside of us. Yes, yes. And it's up to us to make that choice in life to surrender our rights to him. So Elizabeth was willing to give up everything. I mean... I, I can imagine some of her little social friends the first time she spent the night in the well, prison. Well, they probably thought she's crazy. And you, know, was, and you know they were whispering behind her back. Absolutely. She's gone too far with this. That's right. She started out just trying to help. Now, she I think she's lost her mind. Yes. That's the kind of stuff they were saying, I'm sure, behind her back. Well, there's always going to be those that sit in the seat of the scorner. Yes. That are critical and judgmental because they haven't experienced the measure of grace that we have. And so I believe my greatest mission is to let people know God is for you. He's not against you. Yes. And if he used one woman, he can use another. Yes, yes. And our position is just to hear his voice and be obedient. So and unfortunately, in 1828, her husband's business failed. The banks failed. And so for years came and went when she didn't have the financial means to help anybody. Now, he's been subsidizing her. He's been providing her with the wherewithal to do this, to do this. Yeah. And did it evidently with a glad heart. But now his business fails. And you know what happened? She just kept on preaching. Wow. Kept on speaking the word. If her only value was to stand up in their little Quaker assembly and preach and preach to a packed house that they had to have tickets to get in because it was overflowing. So be it. So for four years, all she did was minister the gospel. But then her two brothers, Samuel and Joseph John, stepped up to the plate and they began to be her benefactors and her work began to expand. So, you know, sometimes we have a little stop where it looks like it's over. It's over. But it's not over until God says it's over. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. Until God says it's over, as long as we have breath, we need to be busy. Yes, yes. Doing the will of the Father. We're going to take a break, and uh, we're going to have a song. And I I can't tell you how excited I am about what God is doing with women. A woman God can use. I really believe uh, God's going to take this book all over the world. I believe women are going to get a hold of this book, and uh, I'm going to do the, my best in, in what I can do in my in my my little realm of influence to get every woman I know to read this book because I believe that God is raising up women in this last day that are going to storm the gates of hell. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna be warriors yes. like like never before. Yes, women are going to return to prayer. They're going to return to consecration. Yes. They're going to return to acts of service. They're going to return yes. to total obedience. Yes, and I'm so excited about this book, Freedom. I'm so excited about what. God God's going to do and use this book. I'm so excited about your life. Um, You've walked through a lot of things in your life and it hadn't always been easy. You've been through some real trauma and trials. And even in the the last year, you faced some things that I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine facing. But out of that, we've got this book, A Woman God Can Use. And I just declare the blessing of the Lord over you. I declare the blessing of the Lord over Paige. I just declare that Paige will preach the gospel all over the world. I just declare that you will preach the gospel all all over the world. These are your best days that your best days are now and ahead. No weapon formed against you and Paige and Bob and your family will prosper. I just declare healing and blessing over you in such a powerful way. I declare as women read this book that they're going to begin to consecrate on a level that they've never consecrated before. They're going to lay aside every weight yes. that has beset them, every yes. desire of the world. Yes. I thank you, Lord, that, that when women read this book, that they're going to align themselves and and the sacrifice that you've made, the sacrifices that you've made, and the things that you've 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 done and, and your sweet girl's done, the, the, the darkness that you've walked through, there's going to be great light that's going to come from this book. This book's going to fly all over the world, and God's 
going to use it to change the hearts of women. I, I feel a reformation coming in this nation, and I believe God is using women to, uh, to pray and fast. Um, I heard yes. um, a, a, quick, a quick testimony, and, and we'll go to this song in a minute, but um, I watched a, um, a clip by Lou Engle, and, you know, yes. they're doing that yes. Esther call and yes. fast, which I'm going to try to make it up there and just pray for a couple of days with them because I just feel like I'm supposed to be a part of it, but... He said that they were doing some studies, you know, every revival has come, has come as a result of prayer. Yes. You know, there's been a prayer movement that preceded every major awakening and revival across the world. Yes. And they started studying the Jesus movement in the seventies. And they said, you know, we just, we didn't know if there was a prayer movement. And then this guy was praying about that. And the Lord said, yeah, there was a prayer movement. There was over a million mothers that started praying in America because they saw their kids succumbing to the culture yeah. uh, of the 60s and That's 70s right. that we know what was going That's on right. in the 60s and 70s. But over a million women begin to pray and cry out and say, I'm not going to lose my kids to this. And that's when the Jesus movement started in the yes. 70s. And that's really been the last. Now, we've had revivals, but I'm talking that's about right. a sweeping yes. America revival. That yes. was a sweeping America revival. I believe that God is calling women. And yes. Yes, men too, and young people, but I believe women, and that, this book is so vital. Women are going to take the lead in prayer, and I believe usher in the greatest awakening we've ever seen in our lifetime, Frida. And I believe this book is 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 literally got the hand of God on it because it's going to literally get in the hands of millions of women across America and across the world. We're gonna we're gonna break for a quick song, and then we'll come back to talk more about what God's doing uh, in this book and in your life. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears have come.
So excited about Miss Frida being here. We're talking about a woman God can use. I can't even tell you how excited I am as we get into this. More and more revelations coming to me about even my own life and the people yes. that God's called me to influence. Yes. So finish this. Okay, about let me finish Elizabeth. up about Elizabeth. I can't we wait to meet her in heaven. I know. What a day of rejoicing that will be. You know, when she was 60 years old, she decided that she would start a training school for nurses. And it was her... Her distant relative, Florence Nightingale. Are you kidding me? No, no. Who uh, comes alongside and Florence takes a team of Elizabeth's nurses to assist wounded soldiers <laughs> in the war. So one woman makes a decision at 60. Now, I, I think 60 was a great year for me because in a few days I'll be 70. So, you know, you begin to think about in that day, in the 1800s, they Six, didn't, 60 was <laughs> ancient, but she's still going strong. She starts a nursing school. And um, so she was so well known in her society that she was granted an audience with Queen Charlotte, the wife of King George III. Wow. And Queen Victoria, who later came onto the throne, began to provide her with financial support. So God began to use people in high places. She just kept going, Frida. She was determined to run her race well. Wow. And so even when Frederick William IV of Prussia came to visit, he wanted to see one person, and that was Elizabeth Fry. Oh, that He wanted an audience with her. And do you know where he found her? In prison. Wow. Visiting with the prisoners. And now, can you imagine how <laughs> unusual this is for a visiting monarch to make time to, to visit with a woman? In a prison, serving the poor. In their That's meeting. right. <laughs> so her wisdom was to such a level that a visiting monarch wanted to see her. And so he was so impressed with her work and the work of God that it influenced the entire nation. God used her, a godly woman, a preacher of righteousness, to champion the cause of the poor. And um, later, from 2001 until 2016, she was put on the Bank of England's five-pound note. Wow. And then, uh, as you think about that, they had a commemorative uh, postal stamp, and her face was put upon that. She was a, a woman that God used to bring about prison and social reform, in addition to eventually becoming a Christian philanthropist. And so her nation was a better place because of her. And I like what Psalms 112.9 in the Passion Translation. I love the Passion Translation. It's a newer translation, but it's wonderful. This is what it says in Psalms 112.9. Never stingy. Always generous to those wow. in need. Wow. Their lives of influence and honor will never be forgotten, for they were full of good deeds. Wow. wow. She was full of good deeds, and she fully finished what Matthew twenty five twenty six says. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. Wow. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. What a woman. What a woman. What a woman. And the whole nation knew who she was, and they weren't uh, upset that she was a woman. Wow. They didn't dare tell her, woman, go home, be quiet. No, she knew who she was in God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now then, as we talk about influencing a nation, I want to talk about a woman from the Old Testament again named Esther. Many people know Esther. Sure. Um, she was brought by force into a Persian king's harem. She was in a foreign culture. Um, she was advised to not tell anyone that she was a little Jewish maiden. She had plenty of opportunities to become bitter due to things that happened to her. Her parents yes. died when she was a child. She's uprooted from her home. She, she's in a new surroundings. But um, I think the worst thing is that you get thrown into the harem. Yeah, really. I mean, she might have had her eye on the little boy down the street. Yeah, it's, 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 she didn't really have much choice about that. None. None. When they picked you up and put you in the harem, it was pretty much a, a life sentence. Yeah. And so 
Interesting enough, the physical preparation to meet the king which took a year of purification. Now, it's interesting because when I begin to look up these words in the Hebrew in Strong's Concordance, it literally means a scouring pad used with perfumes. Wow. The treatments were designed to cleanse and polish the skin. Exfoliate. Yes, for one night. One year in preparation for one, for one night with the king. Six months were devoted to oil of myrrh, and in the Hebrew language, the myrrh was always known as bitterness, used in preparation of the dead for burial. And, you know, you have to be willing to be cleansed of all the bitter experiences of your past. Yeah. For God to use us, we've got to allow him to go deep on the inside and scour away Yes, because we everything. all have them. We all have issues. We all have problems that we have to allow him to move. And Esther did not allow those experiences in her past to stop her. Then six months were spent with sweet odors from the cinnamon and calamus spices. She let go of her past and embraced her future. And I believe it was crying out to God. Even though God's not mentioned in the book of Esther, I believe her faith came forth like pure soul, silver. Now, she was given seven maids. And, uh, you know, that's to me is God's comfort that she didn't walk alone. Yeah. And they were not her family, but it was God's provision. The keeper of the harem noticed her. Yes. And he was kind to her and treated her with favor and mercy because she had a right attitude. Yes. And ladies, if God's going to use you, you've got to have a, a right attitude. Right. She was willing to submit to what God had called her to do. That's right. And to those who were in positions of authority yes. over her. And if we can discern the will of God, the purposes of God for our life, then we can endure the process because she was faithful in private long before she became the queen. Now, um, according to Herbert Lockyer, who wrote all the women of the Bible, he said that this marriage to a Jewish was against Persian law, which dictated the king must marry a woman who belonged to one of the seven great Persian families. But God is not limited by man's rules or man's dogmas. So that was actually their law. That was their law, Persian law. Wow. So he went against all the, the known law of the land. God supernaturally placed Esther in the position and role of queen of, as the queen of Persia. It's God alone who judges. Right. He decides who will rise and, and who, who will, will fall. fall. Yes. Wow. Psalm 75. So you begin to look at this and you say, wow. Doesn't matter what the, the law of man is. There's a higher law. Yes, There's there a is. higher court. And almighty God is the one who's in charge. And so God allowed her to be promoted because there was an evil man named Haman. And he must be dealt with. And God was going to use one woman to expose him because God knows the hearts of all men. And it, well, I want to stop right here. God could have used anything. That's right. But he used a woman to yes. expose Haman. Isn't yes, that he amazing? Did. Yes, he did. Against all known law. She yeah. shouldn't have ever been allowed to marry him. Wow. But wow. God put her in. Amazing. And no man can take her out. Now, promotion in the Hebrew language means to be or make large. So Haman's soulish realm was revealed, but promotion comes from the Hebrew word G-E-D-I-L and has the sense of twisting the thread. So his evil imaginations and thoughts were so twisted and contrary to God. So the Lord allowed him to be made large, wow. to be promoted. To be brought into because he place wanted to root it out. Yes, he did. Because he's going to unravel him. Mm -hmm. And so Esther, <laughs> it's amazing because she, uh, once she realized the problem, once again, she's willing to be a problem solver. And this is what we need to be known as. If we're going to be used by God, we should be able to have the wisdom of God, 
have the understanding of the Holy One and know exactly what needs to be done to solve yes. problems. Not be the problem. But solve problems. But solve By the, the power of the Holy Ghost. That's exactly right. And so what happened was she didn't make excuses. She said, um, my maids and I will fast for three days. And this tells me she was not a rebellious woman. If she was rebellious, her maids would have rebelled against her and they wouldn't have submitted to her authority. Um, she sent word to all the Jews throughout the Persian Empire to fast for her. Wow. She counted the cost to be obedient and her words were her statement of faith. Every woman used in the Bible had to count the cost to be effective. God gave her the strategy and the grace she needed, but she had to count the cost. Every day, you and I, we have to count the cost to fully obey the Lord. It's not the easiest road. No. It's, it's the narrow gate. It's not yes, the wide yes, gate. Yes, Frida. But yes. we have to, to have private preparation before God can give us a public platform. And so Esther was willing to spend time in private making preparation. And so when she went in to see the, the king, even though he had not seen as for her in 30 days, she followed the correct protocol. She dressed in her royal robes. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, when she appeared in the throne room, dressed with her crown and her royal robes, instantly the Persian king, Hashariah, said, I asked Vashti to come and present herself with the crown, and she refused. Now, here stands this woman that I have made queen, who I can have killed, because she's come unbidden, standing, honoring me with the right protocol. Wow. When we follow the Lord, and we clothe ourselves in his armor, and then we stand, even though we have not been bidden, no one's asked for us to show up, but we stand ready to do battle for the king of glory, I promise you we find grace to help yes. in time of need. Favor. Yes. Favor. Extreme favor. And I think about the scripture in Revelations 12. It says they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Wow. They didn't love their life to the end. Esther didn't love her life to the end. No. She was willing to make a stand. And so she followed the protocol. She dressed accordingly. And it's interesting, that word prepared, where she prepared herself, it says in Esther 5, 4, in the New Living Translation, if it please the king, let the king and Haman come today to a banquet I have prepared for the king. Wow. That word prepared in the Hebrew language means this, to work, to labor, to create. It's also used to execute vengeance and make War. Wow. 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 So it's not just um, preparing his favorite dishes. Right. Right. When she said, I have prepared for the king, she said, I'm executing vengeance. Yeah. I'm making war against the principalities and powers of darkness and the rulers that have come against me and my household. Wow. And so she toiled in the spirit, waged war against her adversary. And Haman did not intimidate wow, her. Wow. Could not intimidate her. Could not bring her down. His heart motive was exposed. And you know the rest of the story. Yes. She brought the enemy into her house on her turf. And God exposed his wicked plans. Wow. He unraveled him. He did. He allowed him to be promoted so he could unravel him because of her wisdom. And she lived for one purpose, to bring honor to the king. And in return... God blessed her and caused her to be made large on the face of the earth. Yeah. Now, I wonder how many women in our day would be willing to pay the price that Esther did. Because she was willing to sacrifice everything. Yeah, because it could have meant she died. That's right. When she made the choice to do the right thing, it could have meant that her life was over. That's right. But it wasn't because she already had the, the banquet prepared. Right, right. I'm sure when she walked out the door, she told those seven maids, I'll be right back. Oh, yeah, she knew God was with her. Yes, she did. But in the natural, she was taking a chance. A chance. Well, anytime you do anything for God, it, re it involves a risk. Yes, yes. Anytime you make progress in the spirit, yes. it involves a risk. Yes. Um, whenever I was working on the book, 
my husband said, well, Frida, you don't go out and speak very often. Do you really want to put forth this money to redo this book? I know Paige wants you to do it for her, and, and I know Pastor Bayless has suggested you do it, but do you really want to go to that expense? And I said, Bob, if this is the last thing I ever do on earth, I'm going to do it well. <laughs> because there's women that need to be armed with truth. Yes. And the truth of the matter is there's always a risk factor. Yes. There's always a cost factor. But if we're going to fully finish our days well, if we're going to finish strong, then that means every resource that we have at our disposal, we need to gather it up. Yes. And say, Lord, here it is. Now, what do you want me to do with this? Yes. And when we do that, then he takes our offering, as it will. Yes. And and we do it. Now, I believe in doing due diligence. You know, when I redid this book, I mean, the first edition was written in 1978. Right. And so here we are almost 40 years later. But this it's a new a, book. Yeah, it's an encyclopedia for women. Yeah, it is. One of uh, the men that read it, Bill Morris, who's a psalmist out of Nashville, used to be on um, Praise the Lord all the time. Yeah. Wonderful friend. He said, this is an encyclopedia of women. It is. And it really is because, and it's not all the women in the Bible, but it's those that took their words and made a difference. Yes. Instead of allowing their words to be whiny words and and uh, put down and critical and yes. gossiping words, they're women that took charge in their life and made a difference in their homes and in their communities and in their churches. Wow. And that's what we want at the and end that's of our what days. We want. Esther made a difference in her life. Yes. Let's talk about the um, the the woman in history that ref, that mirrors Esther. Well, we'll start with her, but I don't know whether we'll be able to finish on this program. Well, that's okay. Well, let's start, and then what we can't finish, we'll pick up next week. All right. Or pick up on the next program, okay. and uh, because we're going to get it all on here, <laughs> well, we're not going to miss anything. Well, we've thank got, you. We've got about six more minutes. All right, and I want you to just okay. talk to me a little the bit. Woman, the woman that I believe best um, exhibits her is a woman by the name of Daisy Osborne. Wow, the wife of T. L. Osborne, and they were born in the early 1900s. And it's amazing how the Holy Spirit put them together because they didn't even live close to one another. Wow. Um, T.L. was born in 1923 on a small potato farm in Oklahoma, one of 13 children. Wow. And his parents were musicians, and so he began to make music at an early age. T.L. did. T.L. did. One day, he heard about a revival down by the railroad tracks. And because T.L. could play the piano, he decided he'd go down there and play for those folks. And there was a female evangelist there, and she made the altar call, and T.L. responded. Oh, my goodness. So it was a woman that was doing what God had called her to do down at this little church by the railroad, and he responded. And so he goes home, and he has a toy printing press and he begins to print Bible verses and give them out to the people in his town. He could not have imagined that in a few years he would publish gospel literature in 132 well. languages and a rate of a ton of weight. So I don't want to talk too much about T.L., but let me tell you about his wife. In 1924, a year later, a thousand miles away, Daisy is born into a family of 11. And they are poor fruit farmers in California. And her background, her childhood was stained with poverty and sorrow. Her family didn't know anything about God. And when she was only eight years old, her mother and older sister were killed in a car crash. Wow, tragedy on tragedy. Yes. But the grace of God was there because she came to know the Lord four years later at the age of 12. But then there's more tragedy as two of her brothers committed suicide. And then her father was murdered. Now, you stop and think about this. Your mother and your sister are killed in a car crash. Two brothers commit suicide. Wow. And then your father is wow. murdered. That's five close family members. Tragically lost. Yes. Now, the enemy's plan, the powers of darkness thought they could destroy her. 
because the mental anguish of that many losses. Oh, I can't even imagine. Um, but you know what? Could not destroy her because she was marked by God. Wow. God had his hand on her. I want to stop one second. We have been talking about Esther and the power and the anointing and how God used her by yes. obedience. We're talking about Daisy Osborne Teal. Uh, Osborne's wife. We're going to pick this up in the next segment. Um, a woman God can use. I want you to tune in every week. We're going to have more and more of these segments. We're going to pick up in the next segment more about Daisy Osborne and more about submitting ourselves and being the woman that God can use. I really yes. believe that I believe with all of my heart there is a awakening coming in America and across the world. And God is using women, Esther's and Deborah's. They're going to stand up and going to make a difference in their churches, in their cities, in their homes. They're going to make a difference in prison systems. They're going to make a difference in gangs. They're going to make a difference in humanitarian efforts. I have a woman right here with me that's written this book, Free to See White, Free to Carter White, a woman God can use. And she is a living testimony. Uh, She is a living example of a woman that's making a difference in her city. She's making a difference. With it. She's preaching the gospel. She's doing humanitarian efforts. She's raised up a daughter that's a mighty woman of God. She's raised up many spiritual sons and daughters. She has lived this book out. And I cannot wait for you to get it in your hands. You can go to Amazon, look up Frida, F R I E D A C White. All of her books will come up. A woman God can use. You can download it on your Kindle, uh, purchase the, um, the paperback, whatever w- w- would you know, suit your fancy. But I'm going to tell you, this book is, is really anointed and I believe it's going to fly all over the earth. And God is going to use this book to literally help women prepare women for this last day revival. We are called to make a difference. Yes, we, are. we are called to stand yes. for righteousness. We are called to do the impossible. We are called and we have the, we have the anointing in us to birth the kingdom of God. We are called to, to be in hard places and yet establish the kingdom of God. So I just honor you, Frida. I honor the work that you're doing. I can't wait to talk more about, uh, this segment. Um, Daisy Osborne in the next segment. I I honor what you're doing in Cleveland. I honor you and Bob. I honor Paige. I honor the work of God in Cleveland. I honor all of the humanitarian efforts. I honor you for being a faithful servant and woman of God for all these years. And I just declare that your voice will be heard all over America. And this is a new day for you. This is a new day for your daughter. This is a new day. And I just prophesy and declare that every woman that hears this, that they're going to receive that seed to do greatness for the kingdom of God. We'll see you at our next segment next Wednesday. Love you so much. For the past hour, you've been listening to the Warriors Watch with Pastor Callie Hargraves as your host. For more information concerning this program, go to bpnradio.com.